Here we are in our third session on Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. We'll stop there because our focus in this session, just briefly, is what does this mean? The Lord is at hand or near. The second coming of the Lord is near. And how does it function logically with what goes before the command to be gentle and what goes after the command to have no anxiety? So, Father, as we probe your word about the nearness of the coming of Jesus, grant we would have right understanding and that it would have the effect on us in regard to gentleness and freedom from anxiety that Paul intends it to. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's first just tackle the sentence itself, because it's not unique. There are passages like this throughout the New Testament, and we need to come to terms with what this nearness or at-handness means. Let's get the bigger picture before us like this. Here's the word of Jesus from Matthew 24, 36, which is so foundational to thinking about the second coming. Concerning that day and the hour, that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And of course, this is a great mystery, but we take it as a true and sure word of God that the Son of God in his human nature, I would add that so as not to blaspheme the divinity of the Son of God, who knows all that the Father knows because they are one, but the Son, in as far as he has become manifest in his human nature, is mysteriously kept in his human nature from knowing the time of the second coming. So, not even the Son knows. And this was a known statement and so for any of the apostles to claim that they know would have surely been ruled out. Here's another word from Jesus. So also when you see all these things, things leading up to the second coming, you know that he is near at the very gate. So nearness at being at hand is like a general being at the gates. It's not like here's the city that he could take, and he's way off here, and the citizens of earth know, oh, there's a long gap here, and it will take him many years to transverse this gap before he can surround the city and be ready and able to break in and take it. No, no, no. Near means he's at the gate. So there's a kind of spatial intention to this temporal nearness, like a general who is at the gates who could break in at any moment. 1 Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is at hand, near. 
The end of all things is near. Therefore, be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. James 5, 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. There it is. It's near. So be patient and wait. Revelation twenty two twelve. Behold, I am coming soon, says the Lord Jesus, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Now, the reason I draw in this text is not only to show that the soon, like near, is included, but also to mention that in his coming, there's a recompense coming and a repaying coming. Let me draw that out with a connection to Romans 12. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Christians, we're not avengeful people who have to have the last word. We can be abused. We can be contradicted. We can be slandered. We don't have to be vengeful people who curse those who curse us and return evil for evil. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. So he has just said in Revelation, he's coming to repay. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you'll heap coals of fire on his head. So the second coming is at hand in the sense that it is at the gates, ready to break in whenever he please. And you now, let's get the connection here, I would put, because here, would you? This is my suggestion. It's not here in the text. You have to fill in relationship, Tom Sons, because there's no connector here in the Greek or in the English. Let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is at hand. Or because the Lord is at hand. How would that work? Well, this gentleness here is the opposite of quarrelsomeness. The opposite of being self-exalting and self-assertive and angry and vengeful, always needing to strike out and show that everybody else is wrong about you, needing to defend yourself and fight in order to make yourself stand out as right and vindicated. And I've just argued that the second coming, the Lord is at hand, means You don't have to do that because I'm coming with vengeance. I'm coming to repay. And so let your gentleness be known. I'll take care of the warfare. I'll take care of the bloodshed. I'll take care of your vindication. You may be a a gentle person who returns good for evil and loves your enemies and gives them food and drink. Let me do the vengeance because I am am at hand. That's the way I think the logic works, at least in part. And then what connector would you put here? The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. And I would put, therefore, therefore, do not be anxious about anything. So the the certainty and nearness of the Lord takes away our need to be anxious about anything, 
and takes away our need to be vengeful or quarrelsome or harsh about anything. Those are the two connections that I see. Now, let me step back and just see if I can put into words, because I know this is difficult. Sometimes we stumble over the nearness of the Lord and say, well, goodness gracious, it's been 2,000 years. What sense does it have to say near when 2,000 years have gone by? And so I'm going to try to answer that question in four steps. Let me just read them because I gave thought ahead of time to this, and I'm going to include them in writing here just so you can weigh this. These are my, these are my attempts to understand in the wider picture of the New Testament what it means that the Lord is near or at hand. Number one, Christ has come into the world as the long-expected Messiah and King of the nations. He died, rose, and achieved the decisive victory of the, over the world, the victory of the world over sin and death and Satan. His triumph is so certain that the world is his for the taking. Nothing stands in the way to come and take it. His final coming is near, like a triumphant general who may take the city anytime he pleases. He is at the gates, to use the words of Jesus. He is able to take it when he pleases, and it is certain he will take it at the perfect moment he deems best. So that's my first attempt to understand how nearness functions in the New Testament. Here's my second suggestion. He is near as God counts nearness in his timelessness, in God's timelessness. Here's the way Peter, in his second letter, expressed the objection. They already felt it. We don't just feel it 2,000 years later. They felt it, what, 10, 20, 30 years later. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? Right, he's not going to come. Look how much time has gone by. And here's what Peter responds. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So 2,000 years is like two days to God. And we're not throwing that in as though it's irrelevant. Peter puts it in because it is relevant. Here's my third suggestion. He is near in the sense that his coming will be sudden, unexpected, fast, quick, with no resistance possible. The opposite of this kind of near would be he's far away and we can tell that it will take time for him to get here and we can calculate his coming because he is not close. That error is what near is meant to prevent. And finally, this very practical implication of near. He is near, therefore, in view of number three, in the sense that his coming is supposed to function in its unexpected suddenness as a motive for us always to be spiritually awake, ready to meet him without shame as good stewards of our gifts. He is near means 
our ignorance of the time, and remember, Jesus himself in his human nature was ignorant of the time, our ignorance of the time, the apostles' ignorance of the time of his coming should never function to picture him as far and slow, but as near and sudden. So, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all people because the Lord is at the gates. He will break in, can break in at any moment, and he will break in in total triumph, vindicating your meekness and your gentleness in his service and justifying the fact that you walked in freedom from anxiety.